podcast. Well, I may be Colin Solo, but we're here to talk to Jim Fisher, aren't we, Dom? Colin Solo? Look, we get to call ourselves whatever Star Wars names we want nowadays. That's how this shit works. Hmm. Also, I didn't shave for this episode, so, you know, I'm basically Han Solo. Hey. <laughs> no. He, he makes dad jokes now, I make dad jokes now. If you can't tell, we're doing a kind of a one-shot episode on Star Wars. Yeah. Both Dom and I have recently seen Rise of Skywalker, and we wanted to give this episode its own self-contained um, Star Wars theme or Star Wars episode because we don't want to spoil it for anyone who just wants to tune in for a normal episode. Yeah. And we think at this point, the even if, love them or hate them, the the prequel, the sequel trilogy is a spectacle. It's something that you need to see. It is a pop culture moment that we yeah. are going through a a beloved franchise being treated in ways that some people don't agree with and yeah. it's it's something that I, I think if you're going to see it we can have a self-contained episode because everyone who will want to see it has seen it by now yeah it's i know it's only been out for like three four weeks something like that at this point don't remember when it might be close to a month maybe so longer than a month but we're getting up to about the month period so i think we can talk about it and if you don't want to listen to this episode uh, there was the 2019 best of episode yeah, we, recently. Up. we get we get some uh, heavy topics in there but we keep it funny yeah, we, we, a lot of dick jokes. A lot, a lot of dick jokes, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we have um, further episodes planned coming up, coming out soon, so yeah. it, your regularly scheduled absolute nonsense will be uh, continuing as per normal, yeah. but for now... We will, we will bring the, the proper pish to people soon. Yeah. You, but we're going to talk some Star Wars right now. We're letting out a little bit of dribble these days yes. to just kind of fill up because... <laughs> this is the pre-pish. We're giving you the big pish. <laughs> you get the full... You, no, we we'll get the steady stream next week. Yeah. Um, and I've realised that my my google notes are not oh no wait it is oh finally i have a google doc for every episode yeah and i use i just take notes and just write out ideas because it's easier for me to write out the idea than then explain it with uh my voice and my face rather than just actually improvise off the top of my head because then it comes out all stupid now I, yeah. I have points i want to make and things i want to know no. maybe that's why i can't i'm not cohesive yeah. <laughs> i just need to start writing shit down otherwise it just comes out with the lightsaber i i that's helped me so much actually yeah. in the last during the podcast i mean everyone has his own google doc hmm. uh i think i deleted the first 12 or something like that just to get rid of space on the google drive because yeah. it turns out the thing thought fast yeah. um and one of the things i've been doing is just going through taking notes and this is what happened was that I watched. If we talk about like where you're at with the Star Wars franchise, I'm not a big fan. I'm not. A big, I've never really have been a big Star Wars yeah. person. I don't. Uh, I I was kind of raised on Star Wars. Uh, I went to conventions when I was younger. Uh, I had a lightsaber on my Christmas list for fucking ten years in a row. Like yeah. from age of five to fifteen, unashamedly, I wanted a fucking lightsaber. Yeah. I had to buy one myself. <laughs> Still have my lightsabers, but. Now, Star Wars was this kind of, this weird thing, it was a uniting thing in my house because you've got two younger brothers, I have two older brothers. When you've got three young boys of different ages, they all want different things. You have something that they can all sit down and shut up and watch for a couple hours, and Star Wars was that in my house. If we were were ever bored of something, Star Wars would always go on, and we'd always sit and watch it, regardless of of the time we day off i even watched it the week before star wars were going and we all shut up and uh even sort of going forward star wars is still that one thing where i can phone up my brother and say oh we're going to see the new star wars your fans come along yeah sure i'll come home. or i can say to my dad uh, star wars is at the hippodrome do you want to go and see and, yeah sure we're going to see even yeah. the like uh, rogue one and solo and stuff when that came out so, mm-hmm. yeah we're going to see that as well 
because Star Wars was just kind of this huge cultural impact in, yeah. in my house to, to everybody's house as well but it was yeah. it was still a big deal in my house even with the we were kind of tired because it's no secret that I fucking hate the prequels <laughs> episodes 1 and 2 are dog shit I fucking hate The Phantom Menace Attack of the Clones is by far and away the worst Star Wars movie of all time <laughs> episode 3 is redeemable because there's more there's no big battle it's literally Anakin's downfall and the fight at the end with Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar mm. that is redeemable but to my mind they should have cut it with Anakin burning on Mustafar because that way when you go into episode 5 the no I am your father hits so much harder if you don't know if you just if they hint at him being Darth Vader and you've heard the name Anakin before so you know that Anakin becomes Darth Vader yeah. but as long as they don't actually show you the suit going on Anakin yeah. that makes it a bit more impactful well, I'd seen. I mean, I think anyway. I'd seen uh, someone who watched it in release order with the kids, and he watched four, five, and six, and went back to one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and he said that was the biggest impact it could have had. Yeah, was that at the end of three, Vader appears. Vader rises from the surgery table of yeah. Anakin, and I, I, he said that that actually had his kids screaming no at the television. I'm like, okay, because then you have Vader appearing throughout the, the, the original trilogy. And we're going to have to find a way to definitely make sure we're talking about the, the things in the right way. So yeah. it's prequel trilogy, one, two, and three. Yeah. Original trilogy, four, five, and six. Sequel trilogy, trilogy seven, seven, eight, eight nine. nine. Yeah. And I don't think we really need to talk about the spin-off movies. No, no. I've only seen Rogue One. I Rogue thought it was One was okay. really good. Uh, Solo. Still never forgive Rogue One for giving me the bluest balls of all time. They hint for ages at this massive destruction of the Stargate that's above the planet, the thing that gives them like a void protective shield. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they smash a ship into it, but they never show it on camera. That is the biggest blow. I love destruction. I love absolute <laughs> fucking carnage. Yeah. And they say, we're about to smash a Star Destroyer into the fucking wormhole gate thing that controls the planetary like ins and outs. Yeah, I know you see it as from, I know, you it, see it from it down happens, on the planet. Do, like directly, like they have it happen just out of shot mm-hmm. and every character was going oh my god this is horrible and you're like dude show me yeah, show me the and the then camera. they're like oh no no it happened it's too late we can't show you it now i'm like the fuck is this you you promised me mass destruction in huge scale <laughs> you did not deliver yeah rogue one was good solo was good as well but i hadn't seen solo but uh, solo is good but a lot of people did just say we didn't need it why did han solo get his own movie like Dude, just go and see the film. Trust me, it is better than you think it is. <laughs> we, we don't Donald need it. Glover is Lando Calrissian is the single best piece of casting of the past five years. <laughs> he just you can tell he just watched Billy D. Williams for yeah. a week or something. Just like, okay, I got his laugh now. That kind of <laughs> uh, I got it now. Yeah, Billy D. Billy D. <laughs> I I think that um, incidentally, when I went to see Rise of Skywalker, someone in front of me went Billy D. When he showed up <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> Literally just hands waving. In <laughs> front of the it's an old school Scrubs reference, kids. You'll you'll figure it out. <laughs> no, if it was a Scrubs reference, it'd be Lando Calrissian. <laughs> does he does he not have to spend the entire episode teaching them to say Billy D? <laughs> you can call me Billy D, and he keeps going Lando. <laughs> Billy, I've been wanting to rewatch Scrubs. Billy D. <laughs> I've been wanting to rewatch Scrubs, but it's not on Amazon Prime anymore. Uh, so you yeah, find a way. So that's our um, that's our. Yeah. relationship to star wars I, I didn't have them it was always in the house yeah the, the silver box set it's actually referred to as just the silver box set yeah. for uh the original trilogy was always there we got the dvds of uh, the the prequel trilogy and i remember seeing 
Phantom Menace in uh, in the cinema, but didn't really bother with the rest of them just because yeah. I wasn't that interested. But I, I, I right. went to see the Phantom Menace and was like, okay, so it's 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 sword fights with light swords, I guess. Yeah. And I it's mean, just a lot of unfortunately those movies are bad, so it is just a bunch yeah. of boring politics. But I went back. That, when, I mean, that was the best thing that George Lucas could have done, taking this <laughs> franchise that was about high adventure and you know cool laser, cool lightsaber fights and cool dog fights in space, and just adding political bullshit. I I think the um the original trilogy. I went back to watch those when it was time for the seventh movie to come out. Yeah. When the Force Awakens was coming out, there was going to be a new Star Wars thing. It was going to revitalize the franchise. J.J. Abrams directing it. It's going to be the shit. Yeah. I said, okay, I owe it to myself to go back and rewatch four, five, and six. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And I I can appreciate it. I can see why it's a classic. It's just not my thing. Um. Mm. I just was like, okay, cool. What now? Yeah. Now for me, four, five, and six was. Uh, it was the best way to tell that kind of story because like, mm. I've never a lot of people tried to imitate it and then you get all the horrible sci-fi movies afterwards that try and copy Star Wars or see that Star Wars is the big uh, sci-fi darling so they think well, we're going to copy that but uh, specifically episode four you just think this something like that had never been done before yeah like this the effects and stuff like that and most of the the big shots are literally just someone with a or most of the space shots are just someone with a sheet of black fabric with little tinfoil twinkles for stars mm. and it's just someone with a stick with a millennium falcon just moving it in a different way yeah. and you realize the amount of effort that went into this movie and george lucas thought if this doesn't work i am going to go back to work for someone else i'm going to hang up the i'm not going to direct anymore yeah i think that's one of the things that i've been very keen to think about when i something I keep in the back of my head when i'm watching these movies is there was nothing like four before star wars yeah there's nothing like that show or there's nothing like that movie and it's something that's come up in discussions before was people discussing the movies before yeah. at work and uh one of the guys I worked with was a bit older and he said i remember going to see that for the cinema in the first time and it blowing my mind in the same way that uh people our age probably seen the matrix yeah there's just there's an I open the moment when you realize that this stuff is possible, that this type of story can be told, yeah, and this is going to be a unique experience for everyone going forward. And uh, yeah, I I think that's something to keep in mind when people talk about the originals and the yeah. veneration you have for these these movies. And it's interesting to see where it went with the prequels, how it was so horrifically received. Yeah, um, the the reaction to Clone Wars and stuff like that, I think, has been pretty uh, good. The- Clone Wars series, both the hand-drawn one by uh, Gendy Tarkovsky, who drew uh, Samurai Jack. Yeah. He made his own Clone Wars miniseries. That was fucking phenomenal. Mm. Because it was, each episode was about 10 to 15 minutes. They weren't long and it gave... I'm just talking about like the original, like the, the wider reception of the Clone Wars, like the... the oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah was yeah. it Disney? Nicktoon? Nickelodeon or something like that? Ordered the show? Uh, yeah, Disney. Uh, Disney made uh, a Clone Wars show and it was quite well-received yeah. and I think they've... Uh, definitely been working on building up the the wider universe and then destroying it after the announcement seven, saying the extended universe. I was never anywhere near the extended universe. Um, yeah, no, the there was some the Clone Wars TV show that got they kind of said no, that's going to keep going. But yeah, that's canon. That's, there was that a shit ton, and I mean a fucking library's worth yeah. of extended universe shit that just kind of got swept away. It's like we'll cherry pick some cool shit from there. Yeah, we'll take some ideas just, that there, is all gone. It's too much to try and keep yeah. canon and. It's one of the things of you gotta realize this this fan base when you see toxic reactions stuff, this fan base is rabid, fanatical yeah. and loyal and has been for several decades. 
And that's part of the problem, I think, because people have had so long with the extended universe, they've seen how it has been and how they think it should be. And then when they see the new movies, which I think are fine in their own right, there's some major hiccups that we'll get into mm. uh, vis-a-vis The Last Jedi uh, that we'll get into soon. But I think it's become a, a point where Disney and J.J. Abrams are listening more to the very vocal rabid fans that are just going, no, it should be this way. And they're like, okay, we'll do it that way. And like, and that's no, the problem is that you can never get a solid answer get a good balance. People. You will always have one group say, well, that's not what we wanted. We wanted the, the other thing. Yeah. And that's why you get some some, some differences between different movies yeah. made throughout the last couple of years. But one thing I, I will say is that um, I, I get the love for the Star Wars universe, even if I don't get yeah. why I You understand it, way. even though you don't experience yeah. it yourself. I understand the principle uh, of yep. the thing. And I... I found it very interesting that before my screening of uh, Rise of Skywalker, there was a, a couple of like, it seemed like social media videos, like not something that would be on TV, but something that would appear on a like an, an official page for fans. Yeah, like a YouTuber on Instagram or some shit like that. And uh, it was a, a video of like, it's old archive footage of the original trilogy and saying, mm. uh, this is a story 40 years in the making. This is this is the love, this is the generation. There's another, there's two separate videos and one was this whole thing of like the, the original cast talking about how much this means and what this potential means and what it could do for the, uh, the genre and how it could change everything. And then you have, after that, you have a compilation of people sharing Star Wars with their kids. Because yeah. they're now 40 years old. The generation of kids who watched it. Yeah, the people who watched it kids. in the cinema are now sharing it with their kids. And yeah. And it's a lot of touching. It down. It's like a lot of kids are like playing with blasters and like pretending to be Jedi and like having lightsabers and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, That's pretty cool. I mean, without a doubt, if I ever have kids, I'm showing them Star Wars. <laughs> I'm buying them a lightsaber <laughs> and I'm denying, I'm giving them what my parents denied me. <laughs> but they will be Jedi. If they get a red lightsaber, I'm going to slap them. <laughs> You're so mad when I give them red lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as you have fucking lightsabers, I don't care. <laughs> there needs to be balance in the force, right? You need a good yeah. child and an evil child, right? And I'll give the evil child the red lightsaber. I mean, that's how we're going to work this. But what if you give the, the red lightsaber to the one that I think is the, the, the good kid? I'm like, you need to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to show you the true dark side of the force. It's not that you think See, the child's good. <laughs> how many hamsters you bought that kid? How many do you think it's killed itself? <laughs> I... Um, I find it interesting that you are now reminding everyone just before you show them this movie that this means 40 years worth of love from people for yeah. this franchise. You just set yourself up there. If you don't fucking nail this... Yeah, you need, you need <laughs> to knock out of the pot. They will crucify you. They will absolutely hammer. Yeah, they will put the fucking boots to you. Mm. And this is, uh, this is the risk that they've been taking with this, this entire reboot of the series from like 7 mm. onwards. And I, I think for the most part, it has worked. It's definitely worked financially as a success. Yeah. It is definitely... I even think Rise of Skywalker still making pretty good at the box office. Well, this right is the, the era of Disney. It's going to hit a billion. Yeah. Just doesn't matter what you do. Without a doubt. You can't fight the resistance at this point. It is no. just going to be a billion dollar movie even if it wasn't the best. It, fuck it. Yeah. You know, it's a Disney movie. If they want to make a billion, they'll make a billion. Yeah. The, the most makes money. This is... Where it came to like actually watching this movie, I had not seen The Last Jedi until two days before mm-hmm. seeing Rise of Skywalker. And I was initially worried that I would have a bit of bleed over between the two movies, that yeah. I would take stuff from, I would always be thinking of The Last Jedi going into Rise of Skywalker. And it turns out I'm not alone. Because you are having kind of similar feelings. Yeah. It, it feels like, I, before we start talking about the movie proper, I kind of want to backtrack a bit. Uh, the first film, uh, Rise, uh, The Force Awakens, directed and written by J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. The Last Jedi was 
produced by J.J. Abrams, but Ryan Johnson wrote and directed it. And it shows that the first the first director, J.J. Abrams, he wrote the, the Rise of Skywalker. I may be wrong about this, but he directed Rise of Skywalker and The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker seem infinitely more connected mm-hmm. than Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And that shows because it's been the same person writing them. Then when you, when you come to The Last Jedi, it's just like, oh, we took it in a different direction. And that's because the director, Ryan Johnson, said, I want to subvert expectations, yeah. change what you think can happen. And in some regards, that actually helps this franchise. It makes things different because one thing he was very liberal with was changing the way people viewed the Force. Yeah. And that has now totally re- uh, reaffirmed my view of the Star Wars world, the Star mm. Wars universe. I now th- I have a set way of thinking about what people mean when they talk about the Force, the Sith, and the Jedi. That combination of different names now means something different from what I think it probably means to people who watched the original trilogy yeah. all, the, all that time ago. I think when you watch the original, even if you watch the prequels and the original trilogy, you always get this idea that the Force is this inherently good thing and the Sith kind of pervert it. Mm-hmm. But then when you watch Last Jedi, it's just like, no... You always sorry. I'll backtrack a bit. The force is inherently a good thing. The Sith kind of pervert it, and the Sith are just a byproduct, and they need to be eradicated. Yeah, they're a cancerous tumor to natural life. Then when you get to Episode Three, you're just thinking, well, the Sith are winning. They win twice. Yeah, (laughs) how are they? They must be necessary. Then when you get to how did the holy knightly order of the Jedi, which is basically what it is, yeah, they are be subverted by like. Three or four guys just being evil and Not having schemes. Three or four. One guy. One guy with a bit of a scheme going on. One guy who just used money and influence to basically his way push to the aside and religion. Just flip the table. Yeah, and just go, okay, I've now indoctrinated the entire planet <laughs> and everyone else outside it who's been in contact with me. And then when you come to The Last Jedi, it's just like, no, the Force is just a thing that we are allowed to tap into. The Jedi are necessary, but so are the Sith. The Force needs to be balanced. And I just think, in the second movie, you're introducing that concept way too late. They should have brought that into the Force Awakens. Like, when Rey starts being able to use the Force, she then starts getting this idea of, well, balance needs to be happening. And Kylo Ren starts, you know, trying to turn her out of the dark side. There should be more of this attempt to balance it instead of this whole... The, the the thing about Star Wars movies Jedi is are good. they are this is all about the the question of how do you balance the force yeah and all the way back from I'm pretty sure it's actually in the first Star Wars movie Obi Wan says the force connects everything in the universe yeah it is a thing that flows through us that connects is, us and binds us connects us and binds us but it is there it is I don't think he has that weird religious interpretation of the force that's there in the prequels. I think he has at that point learned that there is the force just exists it is an energy it is a resource it is something that is we know it's there in the Star Wars universe yeah. we can't measure it we don't know how to there's no way of uh, computing the vo- yeah. the value of the force but it is a thing that exists and it can be tapped into by people and then what you've had is you've had these two religious orders the Jedi and the Sith that have been built up around ways of looking at the Force and how it influences us and what should be done with that power. Mm. And I think when I look at these movies, from the get-go, it has always been about a misinterpretation of what the Force is. That everyone has assumed it's a it's the God-given right, the Jedi, to have access to the Force and that the Sith are the evil 
trying to corrupt the force for their own good. Mm-hmm. When you realize that they're both just institutions, they're both just ways of thinking yeah. about this force in existence. Not the force, but just a force of existence. Yeah. Like imagine if we this felt the same energy. way. About, yeah. Imagine if we felt the same way about gravity. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'd have a weird it'd be a weird fucking planet of people who are like, oh gravity is mine to control. Yes. Uh, you know, like, no, shut up, idiot. It's just a thing that exists. No, it's just we we experience gravity. We just can't we control all, it. Yeah, we all experience gravity. We we know it's there, but we can't manipulate it. But these people could manipulate gravity or yeah. could manipulate the force. I think that this trilogy has been more than any other thing about shattering the illusion of the religious orders of the Sith and the Jedi. And I think that's been there from the start, and I've always wondered about the, what does the phrase "he will bring balance to the force" mean? And I've always thought that was he will just destroy Sith and Jedi; it will be over. People will just go back to being yeah. people. And I've, I, that's always been my way of thinking about it. And then having these movies coming at the end, I'm like, oh, they actually did do that. Somebody actually followed through in this whole destroy the destroy the Jedi thing. It did an extent, but he kind of see them trying to do that in the the Last Jedi because you have. Luke, who is the titular last Jedi, he's the last official Jedi. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really say Rey counts as a, a Jedi herself because she's just she's a Force sensitive. She can use the Force. Mm. She's received training from a Jedi, but yeah, I she, wouldn't really say she's affiliated as such. Yeah. There's no the, the thing is that the Jedi is an order. Yeah. It's a way of thing. It's a training. There's no way for her to join that now. It's all dead yeah, except yeah. for Luke, who um, is himself now dead. So. Yeah, but yeah, the Force goes. But I don't fucking let's not get into the Force goes. <laughs> but they, they 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 do try, they spend a lot of time in the last Jedi saying it's time for the Jedi to end. But I think that was more them hinting look neither side is right mm-hmm. to bring balance to the Force. We need to unify Sith and Jedi. So there's not two rivaling factions trying to gain Force. Like take the good guys and the evil guys and just use them both tapped yeah. into the same Force. Use are both one unified Force. There's no need to have opposing religions. Just be worshippers to the Force. Well, I, Serve I th- the Force. I think that might have been an idea at one point, but I think what they were looking at was just a divide that's too deep within those... Like the, It's like an old like Christian schism. It's now gone so far. Yeah, it's now so wide that you can't so reconcile these two it. churches anymore. Yeah. So you have to just say, look, it's all got to burn. Yeah. And I think when you look at Luke's story, when he's he's gone, he's gone. He's, he's left the Jedi Order. It failed when he tried to restart it when he wanted to make a new Jedi temple and he wanted to train new uh, masters and it all went somewhat downhill. Yeah, <laughs> quickly downhill. There may have been Very a slight attempted downhill. murder. We don't know. We don't know the real version of that, which I find interesting. That we Do you actually trust Kylo Ren's version? Do you trust uh, yeah, I think Skywalker's that, version? That was actually a, a really good part of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Is that there was this question of who's, who attempted to murder who first. Yeah. Because you see it from Kylo Ren's perspective, Luke's got the, the dark eyes and he's got his saber drawn, mm-hmm. ready to hit him down. But then when you hear it from Luke's perspective, he's got his saber drawn and he switches off. Yes. Then, But that's when Kylo reacts and brings out his saber. And it, it just becomes questions of who do you trust when all the like the original people who are telling you the story are now either corrupted or dead. So therefore they can't really tell you the story. Mm. They're now so set in their ways that they could actually see the same event two different ways. Is it very good point to bring up when you're talking about uh absolute faith in religious organizations like the Sith and Jedi hmm. and I think that what Last Jedi did very well although people criticized uh stuff like uh Leia being able to like fly through the f- fly through the void of space using the force yeah I thought it was dumb but I always remembered even in at the end of Return of the Jedi they said that Leia 
knows the force. She can use the force. Yeah. We've known about this. It's yeah. dumb and hokey the way she just kind of opens her eyes and fucking just jet supermans her way through space. That is dumb as shit, but you're watching it's a kind show. of justified. <laughs> you're watching a series of movies about people who hate each other with giant glowing dildos. So like, just calm just down about what giant makes glowing sense. sticks and they can throw rocks at people using wind. Yeah, I, it's the whole thing is stupid. Like, yeah, just, adding new versions of stupid, I think, is good because it does show you that one thing I've been talking about with these religious institutions of the Sith and Jedi, the Jedi is that you have very strict linear ways of thinking about what this what the force is capable of mm. so it just takes someone who's not in the order like uh leia is leia was about to be finished off as a jedi yeah but she's she's intuitive she's force intuitive so is ray yeah they are force, n- uh, force sensitive force sensitive yeah. or they have a sense of the force that is not set with religious yeah they can access the force yeah. but they have no affiliation they don't have a preset way of thinking about things. Yeah. So when they do something that's a bit outside the realm of what people think is possible, it's kind of okay that someone would yeah. make up a new way of thinking about it just because they feel the force yeah. and they think, I can use this to do this, even if no one would have taught me to do that. Yeah, I can just divide it by thinking or by saying, Leia, is she's in the vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. She needs to save her, save her ass. Yeah. The force would maybe just in that panic, that self-preservation moment, just go, okay, fuck, we need to save you. And yeah. just literally give her oxygen or give her a barrier or something and just throw her back into the ship. Well, the, the, when you think about the way that Force has been used in the past is to pull things, that the original shot is um, Luke stuck upside down, reaching for a lightsaber. Yeah, when he's in Hoth. That he can't get to. And he wills the Force, he wills the energy of the world into moving the lightsaber to him. Mm-hmm. Why would someone not be able to move themselves through space? Yeah. It makes sense in a weird way. And and the thing with uh, force healing as well. They introduced the idea that you, or to the movies anyway, apparently it has been around in the extended universe that you can force heal for a while. Yeah, that's always been the thing. The Jedi, even in games and shit, Jedi, the Sith have always been able to access offensive capabilities. That's why they can do lightning and choke. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Jedi, they kind of get the raw end of the deal. They can just fucking Super Mario jump and heal. But it's because they're... Like the force is they're using in. buffing uh, right. buffing ideas yeah, because the yeah. way I've always seen it is the force is this neutral thing but when you add in an alignment yeah like you say oh you're it's a pure force energy you can just you can heal people with it but you're using your own life force to do it mm-hmm. or with the Sith it's, you can channel it to hurt but you're using your own life force to do it yeah. that's why that's always been the thing that when Palpatine used it that's why his face changed yeah because he was using his own life to use force lightning and because yeah. his lightning was so powerful or some crap like that yeah and i i think just this the idea that things were dumb like, mm, look at what you're watching yeah <laughs> you're watching a movie about angsty space teens yeah and it's it i think that's where we should maybe leave the last jedi oh, yeah. although if you want me to just read through quickly some of the notes i had for the last jedi because i i told you about this i look i i may have sent somebody asked me my opinion on the last jedi and I sent them 16 messages. Yeah, oh, go for it. <laughs> I just kind of, and my final points in the last year that were, it would have been better served if it was somehow tied into either movies a bit more effectively. Yeah. Because the only thing it served to do, it killed Luke. Well, I think he could have been better served dying in The Rise of Skywalker. I think it was going to happen either way. I don't mind it happening. Yeah, I just one. think it could have been, it would have been more poignant and better for the story if he died in The Rise of Skywalker because one, Skywalker falls the next Skywalker rises yeah. and Skywalker in the sense of it's not this continuing family. This is just the name that she has chosen, mm-hmm. um, which again, I have my problem with that, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. 
Um, I, I complained a lot about the stuff that was shot in Ireland when uh, Luke's on the on the island for the Last Jedi. I liked that. Some of those shots were fucking stunning. Some of them were horrible. Some of them were horrible, but uh, I noticed the thing I where they tried that... to shift focus from the front to the back, and the rest of the scene warped. It happened twice in ten minutes. I not. I'm not kidding. I don't know if it's just my DVD copy of it because I also noticed at one point there was like I was watching it on Blu-ray, so I never uh, noticed anything. There was at one point like half of Leia's face just disappeared into like weird crackling statics. I'm not sure if the DVD I got is just crap or if it's. Yeah, just I think a, it might have just got a shit DVD. Um, but that happened uh, twice. There was also a bunch of weird lighting choices. The coolest set on uh, the the Last Jedi is Snoke's throne room. <laughs> Snoke's shagging palace. Why is it red? <laughs> why, I don't know. Why are the walls red? Why are the guards red? Why? Just several whys. I think the guards were red because the room was red and they wanted to yeah. meld in. But, but, but surely, no. like, have it black and then have the yeah. guards in black. I, yeah. um, the biggest waste of potential in those two movies, in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, was Snoke. Yeah. It's such a cool premise that there is a new emperor that no one knows yeah. anything about and that he can just be whatever you want him to be. Yeah. And it, oh, it turns out he's a clone. Okay, that's pretty cool that he's a, a clone, that he's a puppet of someone else. Yeah. That's still pretty cool. It's still, still pretty cool, but I think it would have been so much cooler that maybe this is another fairly powerful Sith or Jedi that's just, maybe the Emperor's gone, power vacuum. Mm. Maybe he's just some kind of snake oil salesman. It's just that I'm, I'm totally a, a Force user. Yeah. The last Jedi's uh, Star Wars, like space battles and big battle scenes were awesome. I yeah. fucking loved them. I th- they felt like World War Two movies. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the dog fights. The bomber run. Jesus. Like that yeah. looks like something out of fury. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Um, I do like that characters don't like each other. Yeah. Uh, like Poe doesn't get on with Leia because Poe is a rebel and Leia's had enough shit out of like rebellious young men. Yeah. He's basically an- another Han Solo. Yeah. And she's, she's like, just like, oh, I'm hell done no. with that motherfucker. He's dead. <laughs> do you know what that cost me? Everything. <laughs> I am not doing that again. Um, I, I think that uh, the replacement for uh, like the last Jedi, there was the woman who replaced Leia when she's out in a coma. Yeah, Admiral Holdo or whatever. Her I feel is. bad for her because I feel like she's a decent character, but like she's done in thirty minutes. Yeah, she kind of gets the. She reminds me of the the stepmom that she's trying her best. Like, okay, I'm doing the best for the rebellion now. Take your little gun and go play in the corner. <laughs> Get in your ship and go away. It's time for big people brains, not little men's big dicks. Like yeah, that's just, that's what's going on there. Just um, pull, put the gun down. You're not mutinying right now. Stop it. Stop it. Um, I, I actually like, of all the characters in this in the series, I like Kylo Ren the most. Because yeah, he's again, a I was, fucking animal. I was thinking about this when I was watching The Rise of Skywalker. How is it, again, in the same way as Ultraman, the character that you're not meant to like <laughs> ends up being the best character? Because, uh, again, in Ultraman, you're not meant to like Moroboshi, but he ends up being the best character. Kylo Ren has carried this series, yes. I think. And Adam Driver is massively being underappreciated i think he's we all we all laugh with ben swole when he was like yeah. he was all fucking jacked up for the for this movie um but at the same time like he is acting like an 80s action villain yeah. and i fucking love it he seems like a magic there's points where he's genuinely losing he's just like running around screaming with a lightsaber going i will fucking murder everyone yeah the bits in the the force awakens and uh, i can't remember if he does it in the last jedi when he just starts hitting shit with his lightsaber yeah well he uses uh at the start of last jedi he smashes his helmet into the elevator so much it breaks the elevator and his helmet yeah, he smashes his helmet a, that to pieces. is a tantrum moment when snoke tells him take that ridiculous mask off like that is he, an utter ab- tantrum and he f- he's great i absolutely yeah. love color i love the fact Fantastic. that even though he's calmed down enough to the point where he can lead an army, he is still raging underneath. Yeah, still so fucking The angry. point where he steps off to fight against uh, Luke at the end of The Last Jedi, he looks like he wants to rip his head off. Yeah, he So that he can angry. run into that 
like fortress himself and murder everyone there. Yeah, he is so livid, and it's great. Uh, I think he was probably the best character this yeah. sh- of the franchise. I think for this last yeah, without trilogy. a doubt. Originally in the Force Awakens, I did think Finn was the best character because he has, to me, he looked like he could have had the best arc because he was yeah. the stormtrooper turned rebel pilot. But mm-hmm. then Force Awakens, Finn had a fucking great showing. Mm-hmm. Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker, they did not know what to do with him. I was not lying when I said you can hear him being sidelined in the credits of the Force Awakens. <laughs> you just hear someone come up to him because yeah, you're going to play a different part in the next two movies. You're going to do side quest shit. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, that actually was my next point was uh, f- main like gripe with everything on this new series is that they have a very interesting character in Finn on paper a former stormtrooper for the for the empire or the first order who has basically been sick of the war sick of the absolute carnage he's wrought mm. and joined the rebellion should be the most interesting character on paper yep but he is just put to the side I mean yeah. the whole thing with Rose I fucking hate Rose from this she's a, she's a completely useless I feel bad character. for the actress I know that the actress has suffered some serious harassment yeah and it's absolutely unacceptable that that happened to an actress because the writing of her character was so bad I absolutely hate the character I have nothing against the actress yeah I, I really feel horrible when you hear about what that girl has had to go through yeah I mean she acted it well but I just thought the character herself which it had no purpose being there except for Here's another character that will help Finn. She is literally there to either help or hinder other characters. She's yeah. just there to be an object to be used. And it's a shame that someone had to sit and sit and do that for four years. Yeah. And I uh I I I said, what is why is he hanging out for the entire movie with a sentimental dipshit whose only important characteristic is that her sister died in a very badass way in the first battle of the movie? Yeah, that is Rose down to a T. You can't find yeah. find me another way to describe Rose. I bet you fucking can't. No. <laughs> she Rose, likes those weird giraffe goat things. Yeah, the weird the horse goat giraffe things. Yeah, they're fucking yeah. weird. It's like a goat with no nose. That's it. Only yeah. I was trying to figure out a way to think of them. I'm like, it's just a goat with no nose, and it's the size of a giraffe. As useless as Rose was, infinitely more useless. Benicio del Toro's character. Which one's he again? Oh, he's, he's just he's the, the hacker guy. that bites a card that opens a fucking door. Oh yeah, that guy is just there to open doors. Yeah, you see that he opens doors and he takes a pair out from the first order. It fucks mm-hmm. off at the end. And that's like all of Finn's stuff didn't need to happen. Yeah. Which Except is a shame. I did need to see BB eight rack up a kill count. Yeah. BB eight has a body count in this movie. Although I gotta ask, I know it's it's a it's a marketing thing because they want to sell the droid because the droid's a marketable yep. thing. And it's the same as with the Porgs. Why is a Porg in every other scene? Same with fucking scene, scene Child Yoda. And yeah, it's it, the reason is it sells. It prints sells money. Toys. It prints money, bitch. It yeah. prints money. And the fact that BB-8 is a solution to so much of the world's problems. Same with R2-D2. Yeah, it was the same with R2-D2. He, he, just, can, he can pick locks, he, he can he just cut there, wires. He has a thing for that. Like, he yeah. just has a MacGuffin. He's got a little blowtorch, a little settling blowtorch. And I just, I, I've always hated that about the movies, but it was really bad in Last Jedi, where it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. BB-8 does everything. <laughs> they fucked over Captain Phasma. Apparently she has yeah. an extended, like an alternative death scene, which is much better. Yeah. Um, but again, looking at the, the supporting material around The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma is a fucking survivor. Yeah. She does not go down easy. She is Brianna goddamn Tarth. Yes. <laughs> she does not go down easy. And uh, I kind of wanted the fight 
with Finn and Phasma to be a damn sit longer. I wanted that to be a fucking slobber knock. Yeah, I like want two of them getting down to just punching each other. I wanted the Hound versus Briant round two. Yeah, but with Finn yeah, and Captain Phasma, I was the same. I wanted to see their weapons breaking, them improvising, then just yeah. eventually just. Like ending like Metal Gear Solid 4 and just punching each other they're stormtroopers they're basically war machines yeah they're supposed to they like, can't aim <laughs> true <laughs> that's um I talk about like Star Wars aim I forgot that Chewie is 250 years old and has spent most of it fighting yeah oh, it, he gets a fucking multi-kill and rise of Skywalker he's just like fuck off fuck off fuck off I was at the point where I was like man it's ridiculous Chewie you just keep oh wait he's 250 years old and has done nothing <laughs> yeah. but fight people and he if, was a marksman for the if he 360 no scope somebody with a 50 caliber aye it's fine yeah. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure in the rise of Skywalker he's either using he grabs a they give him a clone, blaster yeah they yeah. give him a trooper blaster and he just bodies just like bang, half the enemy force and you're like dude well, let just run with it. Head shot. Head shot. I, the thing is, he's doing that 15 minutes after being released from torture. Yeah, he's angry. He, he's a beast. Uh, I kind of wanted to see Chewbacca just kill someone with his bare hands because they've, they've hinted you've at seen that. that he could rip. He's been said that, you know, let the wiki win because you, you ever seen someone get their arm ripped out of the socket? <laughs> let us see what happened. Fucking add, add an extra couple of years into this age rating and just have Chewie rip someone's arms off. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. But yeah, that was um that was my notes for Last Jedi. So going yeah. to this. Uh, my points to the last year that it was ultimately a good enjoyable film but there's still some brain dead moments in there yeah. like what they did with Phasma uh, the introduction of Rose Poe's mutiny then to Poe's mutiny in contrast to what then happens in the Rise of Skywalker eh? like if this was anything official military like no you mutinied <laughs> you can't get that promotion in the brig we know you have a brig you were going to send Finn there at the start of the movie <laughs> It was in one of the worst scenes ever, just of her like standing there, like, "Wait, what are you doing with that pod? Wait a minute!" <laughs> like, Rose, you are so slow. Who left you in charge of anything? <laughs> she has a little stunt thing. Anyway, right, Rose of Skywalker. So I was, I was very happy when, uh, I, just so I can just finish up my feelings on Rose when she is immediately told at the start, of the movie, like, "Hey, Rose, do you want to come join the main missions?" Like. No, I have to go read up on Starship Destroyer plans because we might need to know them for later on. Like, like, someone, someone literally <laughs> said, "No, you better, you better stay here." And you can actually see the look on that face. She's like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> <laughs> but the character's like, "I'm oh, gonna sit in the corner now." And you're like, "Good, sit in the corner with the, the fucking corner. trash where you belong." <laughs> <laughs> you sit and read. So again, sorry, I think Kelly Tran. I think so. Kelly name. Marie Tran. I think sorry, Kelly Marie Tran. Not sorry, Rose. Yeah, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> Kelly Marie deserved better, but Rose, you did Not not so much. Um, the the opening I, we talked about, it, like the dead speak, yeah. that initial line. I I feel like Star Wars takes liberties with the fact that you don't need to know what happens between movies. Yeah, shit can just jump randomly, and yeah. just they will have the opening crawl and the opening crawls three we'll paragraphs, and nothing's really explained. It's just this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. And then yeah. that's it. On you go. Like you go for like the rest of the movie is everything else you need to know. You go ahead, kids. You go have fun. Yeah. But that does lead to a pretty badass scene when Kylo Ren is the opening planet that he's on. That's yeah. where Vader and Obi. That's where Anakin and Obi Wan had the fight in Episode Three. Oh, it's uh, Mustafar. I didn't realize that. I was on oh. Instagram and it was a, uh, it was Kylo Ren on Mustafar. Kylo Ren on another uh, old Star mm. Wars planet. Like, yeah. What the fuck is this? Then you see them get to. Uh, Exegol or whatever the fuck the name is yeah the, the ride into Exegol is not I mean it's so fast paced and that's one thing I'd heard from every review of this is that the movie just does not fucking stop it jump. it's way too quick it jumps around constantly and I I feel like part of that when we talk about the larger structure of the movie we could have done with one less MacGuffin we could have spent a bit more time 
yeah. on a certain on just at any point just pick one there's no wrong answer just pick one and give us five more minutes there to just breathe there yeah and feel like Star Wars movie. and as well like the introduction of Kyle Ren going from uh Mustafar finding the the, the what do you call it the the Sith, Wayf- Wayfinder, Sith Wayfinder yeah and then immediately jumping into a ship going through this weird kind of wormhole thing that's like a, a cloud nebula like a star nebula which for is yeah it, what's it called again I think it's just a nebula cloud thingy a nebula cloud <laughs> and then him going through that to find uh exegol yeah it's so fast and he went oh my god is this gonna be the pace of the movie no the pace of the movie is set by the millennium falcon where they jump they warp jump repeatedly yeah. for like five minutes through 16 different worlds <laughs> yeah, just like oh we need to keep doing it get fucked it just it, it's it's a very funny scene that you would have a dickhead pilot like Poe who will just do whatever it takes to survive and win yeah. and have him basically just trash the Falcon it, trying she, to survive. Uh, Chewbacca was in that scene. I kind of wanted to see Chewbacca just twat him for the head like, dude, my ship. <laughs> Bro, I have been working on this thing for a long time. <laughs> the other guy died. It's mine now. Stop, but, stop revving the engine on zero gear. Yeah, <laughs> You're that, just screaming it. That does lead on to one of the most annoying parts of The Rise of Skywalker for me. It's just whenever you have Finn, Poe and Ray talking, it just seems like a bunch of teenagers having a conversation like, oh, but yeah, you broke my ship. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission. I, I thought those weren't bad. I think it's just that attempt at Marvel humour. Yeah. That's it, becoming really endemic in movies. I it don't wasn't think it, bad, though. I don't think it fits in a Star Wars film. When you've got James Earl Jones talking in the other films and everything's quite high-born and very well-spoken, then you get uh, I that. A bit of bratty teenager. I guess if you if you want to talk about this being the next generation, the new cast yeah, of the shows, having them be a bit bratty teenager... It's fine for maybe one or two of them, but isn't Paul like a seasoned veteran? Yeah, Paul's at least forty or something. He's point. supposed to he's supposed to be good at his shit. Like he's he's been What's around up, a few fellow times. children. And he, like, how do you do fellow teenagers? Let me just get into an argument with a ten year old over fucking yeah. lightsabers and shit. Weird. It, yeah, I guess. Like I didn't mind it, but I do I, I think it was out of place. I, it did, to me it doesn't really set up it doesn't sync with my view of Star Wars. Because it's like when you go from Thor the Dark World where everything's very high speak or high speech and yeah. Elizabethan almost then you go to Thor Ragnarok when it's just I'm pretty sure Thor says dude at one point <laughs> like, okay is this what we're doing I'm okay with it because I mean it works it works but it's just some of it being in the Star Wars universe didn't really sit well with me yeah I, I but again I got over it fairly quickly <laughs> you're just as happy that like people get like everything seems to be working the way you I'm just glad no one said it. fucking McClunky McClunky you know, I heard of that? No. Uh, in the re-releases for uh, episodes four, five, and six, the original trilogy on Disney Plus, right. when Han shoots Greedo, Greedo falls over and says the word McClunky for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> As he's oh, getting shot, he just goes McClunky and falls down. Please tell me that that is like a tie into Mandalorian or something like that. Nope. Or like it referenced the robot chicken bit where like they, they set up the guy who can't speak English. <laughs> and like the guy who can't speak English is like hi it's very nice to meet you it's very right, is that the bit where it's just like he doesn't like you I don't like it and it's just like no dude I didn't say this what the fuck he's just running you no don't get me in a fight with this guy he's a Jedi he's got a fucking lightsaber he's gonna cut my, that thing. he's gonna cut my hand oh shit <laughs> like I hope that was a reference to that but it's weird like that they go, keep going back in the digital re-editing yeah, just to add more fucking, stuff fucking I think weird. with this movie you're gonna find that we, we just need you to digitally edit in more time yeah. than this one apparently the the edit that J.J. Abrams sent to Disney was a half an hour longer. That sounds... And apparently that thing, that has more establishing and more... It mm-hmm. slows it down, apparently. I'm okay with that. Because like, the bit at the end with all the other Jedi, apparently that was... They had them in. 
I feel like there there is a lot of stuff there where the final scene doesn't actually feature it just features the voices of the Jedi and if you don't know the series yeah. back to front I just hear a bunch of voices yeah yeah apparently in the original cut they had the actors in, in full costume right because I have seen that some people are down as like archived or like appearing as cameo footage or yeah. something like that I was like okay that's I think that was mainly just Leia though um no like they had Samuel Jackson was listed somewhere that I saw oh. I was like oh interesting um but yeah there's too much find the MacGuffin yeah um because it was the find the Sith holocron, find the dagger, find but, the yeah, like, find the dagger, find the point on fucking Endor or some shit. Go back to Endor, find the thing, and they actually cut out the Endor one. I think no, it, they no, don't. they use the Endor bit, but the most of it is just her going. I need to get to that ship. Wait till the seas calm down. I'm not going to wait. <laughs> I'm going now. It's too late. I've already taken the boat. <laughs> I already crashed the boat and took the backup. <laughs> She's sitting in a little dinghy. Um, I. My question was. I'd seen a lot of people complain about the the scene where uh, Chewie's taken. Chewie's taken f- uh, by the rebels. Yeah. And then they have the, the force battle over the transport in which... Uh, Ray she tries to pull the ship out of the sky. Ray and Kylo are basically having a forced tug of war, which they did at the end of 8, and neither side really won. They kind of they tore apart the lightsaber, lightsaber and it exploded and nearly And she just welds it back together for Rise of Skywalker. And no one talks about it. And I'm like, wait, how? Um, but it tur- it's... I get it because I guess it's Leia did it because Leia can build a lightsaber. I yeah. don't know if Ray has been shown how to do that. I think it was more. Yeah, Who's the yellow lightsaber? The yellow lightsaber at the end. Yeah, that's Ray's. Okay, so that. she can build a lightsaber. Yeah, okay, I think she. Fine. Someone probably showed her. Someone but, covered that yeah. at some point. A lot of people were saying was, did she just take that off the end of her staff and all of a sudden, oh, it's a lightsaber? And I went, no, I think she used parts from her staff to make a lightsaber. Yeah, because it's part of your 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 training is that you imbue part of yourself in the yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. So that you have a connection to it, so that it's, it's more yours and you stronger connection. If it's something to do with the the crystals themselves are clear. Yeah. But when you imbue it with the your version of the force, it takes on a color. Yeah. And or I some shit like that. I don't fucking know. I, I looked at the, the the scene with that, and I was wondering why they didn't have the balls to actually kill Tree, because I think that'd be really weird to yeah. see that movie try and deal with that issue of no way actually to kill him that way. Yes. But I think having Chewbacca die off would have been a good way of saying. We have no one else to fall back on. It is down to the kids. Leia's dead, Luke's dead. They can come back as Force Ghosts every now and again just to say, look, we can help you with this, but everything else is on you. Yeah. Chewbacca, having him saying, having having Chewbacca go on a suicide mission would have been cool for him because he's thinking, lost my best friend. Yeah. I've I've lost all my best friends. My ship is now in the hands of a young female Jedi. The resistance is kind of going off without me. Why not do one big swan song with Chewbacca? I think it would have been a cool send off. Yeah. I, I just I was wondering if they would have the balls to kill Chewie or have Ray kill Chewie by accident. Like she really didn't mean to do it, but have her deal with that as part of her journey and like part of what might tempt her towards the both towards side. and away from the dark side. Like yeah. I can't deal with this. I would have to kill thousands more people just to be a, a in Sith work. Hmm. Um, I think that would have been an interesting thing for the movie to happen. To, or to actually go through the movie but I wasn't surprised when he was alive I was disappointed yeah because like there's no way a Disney movie has the balls to do that yeah it's the fact that it didn't even show you what would have been cool is if th- that ship gets destroyed and as that ship's falling down at the other side of the ridge you see another ship taking off yeah but like, apart from that you don't see any there is of another no ship. indication of another ship at yeah. all and the way things are set up, it is very obvious that Chewbacca was obviously on that ship. Yeah. And they just go, oh no, it's totally fine. There was another ship. Yeah, we're fine. It's cool. Honestly, I, that was so disappointing for me. I was like, please just have the balls to make yeah. a decision on this on this like show. One thing that 
people did get quite annoyed with us. Like, no way would you be able to use the force to pull a ship out of the skies. Like, they've already done that twice before. Yeah. And the Force Unleashed Star Killer rips a Star Destroyer out of the sky. Yeah. A small transport wouldn't be that big a deal because it's already uh, clearly fucking evident that uh, Ray is ridiculously powerful with the Force. Yeah, Ray is something else in the Force. She is, the, she is something that is not supposed to happen. She's an yeah. anomaly that is being used throughout these movies mm-hmm. to, like, take the Force to new places. Yeah. She's meant to. Her and Kylo Ren kind of represent that balance in the Force. Yeah, they are actually absolute raw talent. Yeah, on the Force that has never been seen before, and now that there's no masters really to control them properly, no ma- no lecturers, no mentors, no yeah. no guiding no chains figures. On yeah, what happens when you just have two prodigies going at it throughout these movies? And it explains why Rey, despite having no proper training really with a lightsaber, is as good as she is with a lightsaber. because uh, you see in Last Jedi, she's kind of. I have things about the choreography I like to get into there. Yeah. Uh, okay. But the the scene with them then going, they find out Chewie's still alive, and they can then go onto the starship. Or they have to go in there anyway for something else. Star Destroyer. Uh, so they have a reason to go there, and people are complaining that in the original uh, original trilogy, you have a scene where they they let two stormtroopers onto the Millennium Falcon to take their stuff, not yeah. come out, take their stuff, and then head on as fake prisoners to go get Chewie. Why didn't they recreate that scene? I, at that point, I'm like, you people don't want a new Star Wars movie. You want the old Star yeah, you Wars want movies. The same back. one remade. Um, and you, I think you still have those. Yeah, it's two different characters who are a different group of characters approaching the same yeah. problem. A who's, different it that, way. who's it that goes to the? Is it Ray and Ray, Poe, and Finn? Yeah, I actually thought these three are fucking idiots. Like, yeah. they're not as tactically aware as looking the rest of them. Yeah, like remember, it's it's Han Solo who leads that mission yeah. on to save Chewie. And even ha- like that, Obi-Wan... a shifty motherfucker. Yeah, and you still had Obi-Wan behind them going, let's do this tactfully. You never yeah. had that ex- voice of experience. Naturally, the first thing they would do... Run Finn, out guns blazing, yeah. fight everything on the ship. Finn's a stormtrooper. Yeah. Ray is very hot-headed, uh, force-sensitive in training, and you've got uh, Poe, who's just... He's, he's a, a soldier. Yeah, he, he's a hothead. Of he's course Maverick. they go and start shooting shit. They are Maverick. Yeah, he, they, you have a team of Mavericks. Why are you surprised they ran out guns blazing, fighting everything on the ship? Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they would naturally lean towards. Yeah. It's a different cast of characters. Of course they handle the same situation a different way from the movies from 40 years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I'm glad they did. Because as well, it also, you really have to justify because eight, and this is one thing you'll notice again and again and again, nine is trying to fix eight. Yeah, and without it, a doubt. And eight did something where it split the entire cast for the movie. And then you had no chance to build the chemistry. So Nine had to build all the chemistry between the main trio of Finn, Poe and Ray. Yeah, had and, to do that within two and a half hours. And you have you have to make it really convincing. So you have you, we needed this mission. So we unfortunately had to have another round of find the MacGuffin yeah. to go find something that progresses the plot. But you need to have them do it together so you can prove that they're a squad, that they are actually teammates, that they do actually, they will always work together for the better. And uh, I do, f- it was a necessary evil, I guess. Yeah. And another, talking about MacGuffins, another thing that I did find annoying in both 8 and 9 was this weird force bridge that Ray and Kylo Ren seem to have. How they can just pass shit through each other. I, I did like that they escalate that. Like they can connect each other and it's only mental. And then yeah. all of a sudden they realise oh, this is telepathy. Like, we have a tele- telepathic yeah. connection and they realise it can also manifest physical objects. Yeah. And it starts with, like, a splash of water and then it's, like, some beads. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're, like, they're, they're sword fighting through the force connection they have. Yeah, and then all of a sudden she... Some, she knocks something over and 
or she throws something at him and he catches it. It's like Darth Vader's mangled helmet. Aye, it's and, it's the Vader. They smash Vader's at uh, the podium. There's a plinth that yeah, Vader's yeah, but, mangled helmet's on, and they smash it in what is one of the best shots of that fucking movie. Yeah, it is. You see, I'm mean, like, I want that paused as like a background on my yeah, computer. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And they have that shot, and it, it, Vader's helmet falls out of Ray's shot into Kylo Ren's shot. I was like, oh shit, there was a consequence to that because it's happened in the past. Yeah, I think they smash over like a, a tub of berries or something like that. There's a and there's like berries go off or beads or something like that go across the floor. I think it may be the same scene. But they, oh, I think it was in the it was when they go to the the festival on not Tatooine. Yes, and they rip the beads off of one person to. Ah, she's got the uh, necklace or something like that. Yeah, like, oh, I know where they are. Yeah, and it's it's a it's an interesting concept. It's it's a bit of it's a bit much, but at the same time, again, we're watching something where space wizards hit each other with giant glowing yeah, sticks. It so. is one. It's yet another in a long line of MacGuffins. Yeah, it's an idea that helps really push things forward. But I, I'm I'm cool with it. It looked cool. It made for yeah. interesting fight scenes. The fight was a bit much because I was like, okay. Like, can, how are they fighting? I mean, it was a bit. It was a bit space much, magic. Yeah, it was a bit much in the sense that I realized that no one else can see this. I just was like Kyle Ren just going like trying to swat a fly that no one else can as, fucking as soon, see. As soon as you think about the fact that I think he was called out on it before, someone's like, "Who are you talking to?" Yeah, no, it's Ray gets called out on it because uh, or something I, happens. It was in episode eight. Aye, uh, she look, shoots look, a blaster look. at one point because. She thinks uh, Kylo Ren's there. Yeah. It blows a hole in her house. She's like, oh my God, I, I forgot. Like, I, I'm also, I'm in two spaces at the same time yeah. somehow. And then all of a sudden, like, if you do stop and think about the fact that Kylo Ren is running around swinging a lightsaber absolutely manically in the middle of, like, a town. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of... What looks like... It, 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 you've played Skyrim before, right? Yeah, yeah. It looks like that ice town where all the dark elves live. Like there's the Nords yeah. and the dark elves, and yeah. it looks exact same as that. And all the dark elves are like in the little corners on the side. Yeah. They're like being really horrifically racially uh, treated because they're yeah. dark elves. And you're like, oh boy, this is uh, getting real fucking awkward. It looks like that town. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's a nice set. I like it. But here's it, one thing: the Knights of Ren have comedic timing. Yeah, they just show up out of nowhere like, whoa, we're menacing, and you're like, yeah. you look like a fucking pair of Scooby Doo villains. Will you yeah. fuck off? <laughs> Either be menacing, fuck, yeah. go fuck someone up, prove to me you're a badass, or don't bother. The Knights of Ren and that uh, the bounty hunter woman that they meet on that same planet, yeah, are two of the most useless characters <laughs> in the fucking movie because you don't even get to see who the woman is except their eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck are you when you're at home? I'm pre- and then the Knights of Rain just are are shown in the movie to then be killed at the end. Yeah. And they've, they've hinted that the Knights of Ren are, are in Seven. They show up at the start. They're there at the first introduction of, yeah. of Kylo Ren. But other than that, they're, they're not yeah. in Eight. Uh, they should have been used more throughout to build menace and show that they're, they're a threat. Yeah. So that when Kylo Ren destroys them, it's awesome. Yeah. Because it was awesome. It was a cool fight. It was a pretty good fight. It was very brutal. It was a Kylo Ren fight. Some uh, of the choreography is good, but the yeah. the, the duels between Ray, uh, Kylo Ren and Ray are boring. They are very boring. Uh, if we're going to talk about the choreography of these fights, I don't like Ray's fighting style. I have no idea. I know why Kylo has his uh, saber behind him and he uses it to slash because he has that extra little dagger blade yeah. of like an offshoot uh, bit. It makes sense for him to do it. Why does Ray copy him? 
Ray has the same thing where she flips, like the lightsaber should be coming out this way, like forward, yeah, she uses like a sword. It should be using like fencing or like oh, like a long sword. Yeah. She then flips it to have it slash. She has no benefit in doing that. It makes no sense as well when you remember she's a, a staff fighter. Yeah. She's used to fighting basically what's a spear. Surely she should be having more like fencing, more lunges, more jabs, more. She does do that to an extent. She does a couple of lunges forward, but more often than not, you do see her using the and the kind of backhand stance. She does it so much. Yeah, but I, I think have that no might, idea why. I think that might just be her because she's seen Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is the only person that she's seen fight with a lightsaber. Right. Maybe she's seen that and think, well, he uses it. Yeah. Why not I try it? That's the only other justification I can see that because otherwise it is annoying it offers uh, it her was, no benefit it was if, driving me nuts if anything she'll probably stab herself in the wrist yeah although it's amazing Kylo doesn't do it because he's obviously the double offshoots yeah how is he not just gonna oh shit <laughs> maybe he just feels the same and goes oh, lightsaber proof gloves yeah I don't uh, fucking know it might have them at this point at this point fuck it <laughs> at this point just it's over uh, yeah the, the the fight choreography always kind of surprised me I, I I say the big battle scenes it's weird that I, as much as I enjoyed the last Jedi's big battle scenes I didn't enjoy them in this one I didn't. I did like the again. They do they do a bombing run, like the sort of the trench run from the uh, episode four. Yeah. They do that in every movie now, and I I quite liked it in this one because it was just, it was just a big fight. There was a lot of the star destroyers there. It was just a big massive dog fight. But oh, the big at the end. Yeah, this the star destroyers themselves did annoy me a little bit because, uh, yeah, there's no background to what the emperor's been doing. Obviously, you assume yeah. that he's a crafty motherfucker. He has contingencies prepared. And all of a sudden, it's just click fingers, uprises from seemingly the planet's crust. Yeah. All these fucking star destroyers. And he's like, prepare the final order. Yeah. And he's just sitting there going, Where, how the fuck? We made it, listen, we made it a whole hour, just before the hour, before we get the first Emperor impression. I was waiting on it. I was fucking begging for it. I was hoping it would be you, because I know I wanted to do when I was going, <laughs> unlimited power. Yeah, the fact he didn't... The Emperor unleashes. Emperor Palpatine, by the way, is back. We probably should address that yeah. fact. That, that is a he plot is the, point. The, the titular dead speaks. Yes. Uh, that was he, originally going to be the title of this one. <laughs> the titular dead speaks. Uh, Star Wars, the dead speak. Um, he has been back and he's been working in the shadows to produce a mass army called the, the Final Order, Final which Order. will overthrow the Jedi, which, by the way, reminder, is two people. Yeah. <laughs> one person. A thousand starships to destroy two people. <laughs> yeah overcompensating mate and it's probably because your legs don't work just saying yeah it's probably because you're like a little puppet on a string right yeah. now um so he has been working away in the shadows and it turns out he also has been tapping into new powers and has been able to drain the life out of kyle and yeah he's, Ray now, he's now a vampire a weird sith vampire yeah and uh, when he learns that he can do this he realizes how strong the connection ray and ren is because they now share certain aspects of the life force due to the force healing that does explain why all those other Sith acolytes were around him. Yeah. Maybe he was sapping them for sustenance. Well, I don't think... Maybe he has been doing that to keep himself going and also he's plugged into a machine. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like he was... He realised how much he could get out of Kylo and Rey and was like, I'll just suck everything out of you guys yeah. and then just unleash a massive lightning attack on the sky Yeah. to just nuke every ship that's in orbit right now. And the fact that he doesn't yell unlimited power during that annoys the fuck out of me <laughs> <laughs> he is unleashing unlimited power and doesn't yell it at the top of his lungs because it's it's a great character the, the emperor palpatine character is just so much fun yeah. he's just peak star wars but it's like i don't give a shit anymore <laughs> i'm just gonna yell random shit yeah. and just appear with a weird hood and just kind of creep everyone out yeah. in a hundred mile radius but he the fact that he doesn't yell unlimited power just bugs the shit out of me 
I I do find that the 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 idea that there was like a, a unique connection to those two was it explains a bit, but at the same time it's a bit of like a, an ass pull to just try and give everything a bit more weight. Like, oh, they're a unique combination, unique pairing. This been yeah. in a thousand years, and you're like, I don't care anymore. It's but, two and a half hours in this movie. I don't care. At that point, connection. I was just kind of thinking, you know what, this this represents the the actual balance in the force because you've got a Sith and a Jedi connected by a bond. Yeah. Yeah, okay, who cares? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah another <laughs> MacGuffin to explain the series. I am okay with it at this point. I don't oh, really care. Let's wrap it up, people. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I mean, I got to that point in the film and I was just like, okay, I've been in here for a while. There was a fucking loudmouth bitch two rows in front of me on the left that just wouldn't shut up. And I was like, I'm done with this movie. I want to go home. The movie itself wasn't bad. It was just ruined by the experience of actually going to the cinema. But... The thing is that we can actually not talk about the the middle third of this movie because it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, I think yeah. you could spend a lot of time talking about how different. There was the trailer bait scene that I thought, okay, that when when she goes to the, the really rooms of the Death Star, it's annoying that that's longer. That's the one part of this movie I wanted to be shorter because that when it was in the trailer, there wasn't that much build up. No, but when you're actually watching the the scene where uh, Ray flips backflips over a speeder, backflips over Kyle Ren speeder, and slashes the wing off. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It cool. sets Ray up as when they say Ray's the best fighter in the resistance. You're like, is she? And you see that, you're like, all right, she is. Yeah, yeah. She be, I suppose she's been training in the six months since the last movie. And uh, yeah, that that flip is awesome. It's a great slow mo shot. It's set up perfectly, but then like the pacing of it is horrific because it takes far too long. Yeah, to actually pull off. And I, I just thought, just let it run. Just let it let it appear in the background. Stop cutting back to her face. I know that she's planning out, she's timing this out, so she starts running yeah. at exactly the right time. I don't need to see this, like, back to the speeder, picking up more speed and going lower, and then her face, and then the speeder, and then her face, and the speeder, and her face, and the speeder, and then she starts running. There's honestly about three cuts yeah, back and forward before she starts running. Like, just show it in the background, show them both mm-hmm. once, let her run, yeah. and then let's have this fucking awesome flip shot. That wasn't the trailer bit that I was talking about. Oh, right. The trailer bit when she finds uh, Palpatine's little vault of uh, force... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gimps. Force <laughs> gimps. What's the word I'm looking for? Is it the room full of people? The acolytes? No, not the acolytes. When she's on the Death Star, uh, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? All the little trinkets, all the little force trinkets. Oh, the, the cl- just the collection? Yeah, it's a little vault collection, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. When she's going through there and she finds the same mirror thing that she's seen in episode eight, and she looks in it and she sees uh, Sith, right? Oh, right. It just tells her to let go or something like that, and she has the weird teeth. Yeah, she's... Like, I know she's hot. <laughs> then she just has the weird nunchuck light. She folds out the nunchuck lightsaber. Yeah. Then she runs out of there. Yeah, I kind of want more. I kind of want more of that. Like that I wanted at least forth. a lightsaber fight. Yeah. I wanted a good back and forth with her fighting with her own, you know, yeah. a physical manifestation yeah, of the fighting metaphorical with the path battle. that she wants to take and the path that she is almost set on. Yeah, I, I but that middle third, so, I mean, there's so much of that is dedicated to the idea of spreading the word of the resistance because at the end of it, no one shows up to save the resistance. But it's strange that they yeah. have all that, they put all that effort into that, and then at the end they say, ah, fuck it, Lando will go out with his ship and he'll ask everybody to come. Yeah, I kind of think that was more more to do with that in episode 8 Han Solo people knew about the death of Han Solo and they thought well if Han Solo was dead he's the fucking best yeah. I'm staying the fuck away from this yeah. the, and in episode 9 you've got General Calrissian just going come on come on 
Lando Calrissian, come on. One last, one last charge of the light brigade. Yeah. As, how did you feel about that? Because Star Wars is known, especially with how... I mean, I keep thinking about the epic rap battles of history. Uh, Steven Spielberg versus Alfred Hitchcock. And one of the lines from Alfred Hitchcock is, half your billion should go to John Williams, the conductor for the, uh, the, the yeah. orchestral score of Star Wars. Half of that franchise's money, the entirety of it, is based on that how that yeah, music that makes score. you feel. I could not have given more less of a fuck about that final charge. The big music swell, like the big arrival of the hundred ships. Yeah. You know what I saw? <laughs> immediately I threw myself out of the scene immediately, like mentally, when I saw all the ships appear in uh in the sky above the above the what's the world again? What's the world called? Yeah. Exegol. Exegol. When all the ships appear in the Exegol sky, first of all, why is it sunny? Second of all, I don't think it was sunny. It that, was sunny. that shot is a, that planet no, is eternally dark. It's sunny when the ships arrive. Really, I thought Dead it was just light coming from. No, it's it's blue. There's a blue sky when no ships arrive. I obviously it's a, it's a metaphor of oh the, the the good guys are coming to bring light to the darkness. And you're like, dude, that doesn't work. Like it'd be much better if this if this entire fight was in the dark. It'd be a lot cooler. Yeah, but. There's the musical swell, the arrival, you get Lando's voice over the, the radio like, hey, you're not alone, kid. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, they're here. You're supposed to feel, um, like that's supposed to be the big charge. That's We've had that moment this year in Avengers Endgame when the gates open up. And yeah. the, 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 all the wizards and shit are opening the gates. Yeah. All the wizards, all the, Done better, all the teleportations. That scene made me, f- like in the Avengers movie, that was the biggest emotional moment in the scene because it was, we're down to the last three guys who could maybe stop this. Now, that's the point where Captain America is literally, he's yeah. the only one left. He's the last Iron man Iron Man's knocked out, Thor's knocked out, Captain America is literally arm busted, shield broken, and he's got the hammer. Yeah. That's all he has left. That, that is one of the best moments in the entire decade of cinema that I've seen. And it is because that is the moment where you realise there's hope in the universe that this will happen, that the good will triumph over evil. And it's because people band together. Hmm. The same moment happens in Avengers Endgame and Star Wars. And I couldn't give a fuck about the Star Wars version. <laughs> I have no idea why. I just, I saw it. And I think it's because as soon as I looked at the, the, the sky full of ships, I was I looked at it and said, it looks like a kid threw a, like a bucket of Lego on the, on the carpet. That's what this looks like. All the ships look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I was so out of it immediately. I was like, I don't care. I know this is, I know, I know how this pans out. And I know what we're going to have to go through. We're going to have to go through a big, uh, like dramatic space battle. The good guys yeah. are going to win. The music's going to be blasting away and all that. And I just don't care. I thought of it as more of, like, the reason why the ships look like shit is because these are just rebels. Oh, like, the idea of it being, like, a junk fleet. Yeah, is this is just, like, cool. a, a, a hodgepodge of just, yeah. you've, you've got a ship, has it got guns in it? Fucking join Uncle Lando. Yeah, and it, that's kind of cool, but at the same time, like, just just look at the way it's all set out on, on the screen. It doesn't look good. No. Whereas with... I see, to be honest, I can't really remember, but... But, but there was but, a lot of the there was a lot of Rise of Skywalker that looked grainy, even in comparison <laughs> to the Last Jedi. Yeah, a lot of it looked grainy. It looked like there was a filter on it, especially when they're on the desert. There was a lot of this unnecessary, yeah. almost Michael Bay like dark filter. Yeah. But when you when you watch that and compare it to the Avengers Endgame scene, there is a much that that shot looks a lot better. Yeah, in Avengers Endgame because in Star Wars it's just a starship destroyer moves out of the way. And reveals thousands of ships. Yeah. They're all just there. Whereas with Avengers Endgame, 
People are running out the portal. You can see where they're coming from. You can see the hell they're walking into. Yeah. But these are men charging into battle. Men, women, yeah. wizards, warlocks, whatever the fuck. I think, I think the cool thing about it is when, obviously in the Rise of Skywalker, you've just got ships that come in and yeah. they fly into place. With Avengers Endgame, you've got Spider-Man, he's whipping in, he's doing a yeah. pose. You've there's got, so much more motion. Yeah. There's, it's a charge. There's an introduction yes. to the characters because you've got a war machine comes in, the helmet comes on, mm-hmm. a fucking rocket raccoon jumps up in his shoulder. Yeah. And you've got a Valkyrie and the horse come flying down. You've got a there, it's, it's Black people, Panther's helmet activates. Yeah. You've got all these cool character introductions, whereas in Rise of Skywalker, it's mm-hmm. just ships. Yeah. And they're running into a desolate war zone. They're running into an absolute hellscape of a and battlefield. Only, I think the only light that you can see is either the sunlight or just the light from their engines. I also... Yeah, or I thought you were talking about Endgame because I'm like, I'm pretty sure the only light that you can see in Avengers... It's the light from the It's portals. the light from the portals and the fire of the battlefield. Yeah. And then rising to meet it at the same time is Thanos's horde where they're both running together for this massive smash in the yeah. middle. Whereas, as you say, with Star Wars, the Empire's fleet is just there. Yeah. And then it's just revealed that the junk fleet is just there. The Rebels fleet yeah. is just kind of there and they just kind of... Eh. <laughs> There's no kinetic force. I don't care about the impact yeah. because you're just going to fly in amongst each other and just shoot laser beams. And it's it's strange that what should be that moment from Endgame in Star Wars has so little impact because none of it's visceral. It's just planes yeah. flying around each other going... Woo, woo, like shooting laser noises and stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I just It felt flat. Yeah. And when you compare it to the savagery of Kylo Ren fighting off the Knights of Ren and then the battle between Emperor Palpatine and Kylo slash Rey. Oh, it, sorry, it's Ben Solo at this ben point. Ben Solo at this point. Because he's redeemed himself. Yeah, because he's nice guy now. He's, 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 he's a good like, guy. He's threw away his red lightsaber and he had a conversation with his ghost dad. <laughs> who didn't shave. <laughs> he didn't shave. <laughs> he, d- he didn't shave and grew his hair. Like They're like, do you not want to go to wardrobe? Nah, fuck it. <laughs> nah, Harrison Ford showed up because someone phoned him. That's <laughs> Look, Mark Hamill phoned me and... See, at this point, I wish I could do a James Williams impression of Harrison Ford <laughs> from Funhouse. What do you mean? Uh, Harrison Ford just showed up and went, right, let's get this one done with, hey, we need to shave you? Nah. Not feeling <laughs> it, mate. <laughs> Don't you touch me with that blade, I'm going to shove up your ass. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a shame that like that, that big battle has nothing compared to just the battle between the Emperor and Kyle Ren and Rey. Because yeah. that's a decent fight. It's a good, like, all-out force fight. It feels like uh, the like laser beam fights from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it feels like the everybody's beam just firing beam fights at each other. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's that scene's a lot better than I thought it had any right to be, just because of the but, absolute fucking devastation that Ray brings. <laughs> yeah, but Ray wins with the power of anime and friendship. The, the, the I Jedi. am shown in trash. I care not for your <laughs> criticism. That is a legitimate strategy in war, sir. <laughs> but Ray wins by summoning. Anakin's lightsaber to her hand and then just going, I am all the Jedi. And she just pushes away, like, bitch, you didn't even know the Jedi existed until a year ago. To be fair, how else was this series going to end? Yeah, true. I mean, when, when you realise that Palpatine is all the Sith, she has to come back with, and I am all the yeah. Jedi. And I, I still, like Wesker dying in Resident Evil 5, just with a rocket launcher being shot at him, and then his body falling into an active volcano... I still think Emperor Palpatine can come back. I've still got it in the back of my head that they're going to resurrect him somehow. The absolute destruction of it. And I really wish they'd done more with that creepy, like, uh, like stadium of acolytes that yeah. they had. 
I really wish they'd done a bit more. But seeing them all get annihilated, I'm like, that felt great. Yeah. I, they hadn't like, done they anything. They just dropped rocks and shit. They just stand there being all satanic and stuff in the background. And they, all they did was just annihilate them with rocks. I'm like, that was fun. <laughs> I didn't even realise they were there until the final fight. Because you go, when uh, Kylo Ren goes to kill the Emperor, which he yeah. does a complete 360 on that. He's like, <laughs> it's like, he does a 180. He's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. You can give me power then. Later on, he's like, no, I am going to kill you. I you don't, don't think never see the Sith Acolyte. I don't think they were shown. I don't think they were shown until the final battle and it's to add weight and it's to add to the, uh, the like, the almost conversion of Rey. Yeah. Um, which gets close and you're like, is she actually going to do this? Like, for I half a second? Kind of. This is how I expected it to go. I expected Rey to actually go to the dark side. Yeah. And then reformed Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, to step in with his grandfather's lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber, to signify the ultimate redemption. Yeah, and kill Rey, or they both die, or, or they both just end them both. He's like, no more Sith and Jedi. <laughs> Literally, we'll end everything here right now. Fuck it. Yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't Emperor have been Palpatine's finger just goes, "I'm alive." <laughs> <laughs> Crawls away. <laughs> Time for another scheme. <laughs> just rolls away. Repair my ship. What? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're is, what's talking? Is it the fingernail? Maybe. <laughs> See it flapping. <laughs> Maybe. The dark side of the force is a gateway to many powers that we deem unnatural. <laughs> there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of things to enjoy about the movie. I know what a I know what a solo series of just the puppeteer's hand just crawling about like the weird thing from the Adams family. Uh, there's a lot to enjoy about this movie it, I yeah. like it a lot more than Last Jedi yeah. but the problem ultimately comes down to the fact that I think this will be the biggest debate among Star Wars fans for the next decade until they decide to reboot it again because it's going to happen the mouse wants money yeah they're, they're going to bring a, another series um, though they have said that it will wait for a while yeah probably I, about four years or something the the it's biggest question will be why did J.J. Abrams not direct eight or why was he not more directly involved with it? Why was he not writing it or helping produce it? I think it was... I heard that he was doing another film at the time or was doing something else. Mm-hmm. But I heard it was Disney. They had him in for The Force Awakens. Then they brought in Ryan Johnson because I think they wanted to split the trilogy up between people. So they thought, right, we'll give it to... Yeah, you can do the first one. Ryan Johnson will do the second one. And then we're going to get another guy in to do the third one. Mm-hmm. And then they thought, okay, Ryan Johnson fucked up. People didn't like that movie. Let's bring JJ back. People like The Force Awakens. Let's bring JJ back. To be fair, the turnaround on that is too fast. To actually make these movies, it takes too long. Yeah. I really think they wanted to put someone else in there to mix it up. I think that's the biggest mistake they could have made. Yeah. Because Cause there's no so, cohesion between 1, 2, or 7, 8, 9. So much of 9 is fixing 8. And so much that should work in 8, or should work in 9, doesn't. Because it's not been, like, it should have been set up in 8. There's so much stuff that should have been carried over and almost nothing was other than yeah. the telepathic battles between I, Rey and yeah. Kylo. Other than that, there's not a lot that gets carried over. I genuinely expected J.J. Abrams to do a complete turnaround on Luke's death. They're like, no, I disappeared. I'm, I'm back now. Like, <laughs> I'm not dead. Because I heard J.J. actually wanted to use him in all the movies. Which you would. But if you, Disney... If you're say, like, hmm, I wonder if we can just have Mark Hamill around. Seems like a good idea. But apparently Disney said, no, we want to do it this way then. Because, again, Disney have been battling J.J. Abrams quite a lot of the way. Which seems ridiculous when you think that the things that he's bringing to the table are the things that fans might not love every part of it, but it's the things that seem to work best in the Star Wars universe and make more of a cohesive logic towards the end. I think it was mostly to do with 
what he wanted to use in certain scenes and how closely he wanted to honour the original source material because it's with no question you can't say or without any doubt Force Awakens is pretty much just a new hope mm-hmm. you've yeah. got the droid with the message reaches the sand planet finds a, a scavenger sort of orphan yeah. and then shit continues from there you've got the other with it, obviously Finn wouldn't really be the Obi-Wan Kenobi character but there's the other character that meets them halfway there's a lot of the same beats and episode 9 is kind of Return of the Jedi-esque because you've got all the different locations that you go to there's the big fight against the new uh, Death Star which again if all this time the Emperor has been preparing his vast fleet of ships yeah I'm pretty sure and he has dest- Death Star technology. <laughs> Why didn't he just put Death Star technology on the other Star Destroyers? Because all the Star Destroyers that he makes in Episode Nine all have fucking Death Star lasers on them. Well, I think, destroy I think, planets. I think that's been thing, something he's worked on in the shadows. Like he yeah. he has made miniaturized Death Star technology and then started rolling it out across the new fleet he's building. But yeah. because he hasn't coordinated with the First Order, yeah. his Final Order is its own thing. So when it happens and has its own weird ideas. It's kind of like, okay, well, this is what when you take that idea and just let it run in the background yeah. in isolation. I, I did more with it. And it's, um, I, I do wonder now if, uh, you know, that, that big question will ever be answered. The what if J.J. Abrams did all three yeah. and Disney didn't fuck with him and just let him make these. I think it would have been fine. I think it would have been at the very least cohesive. It would have been, uh, yeah. it would have been understandable because right now you've got, like I said earlier, Force Awakens links pretty easily in episode episode 7 links to episode 9 mm-hmm. episode 8 kind of is almost self-contained in a little bit there's a hangover from 7 that influences 8 and a little bit influences 9 but ultimately there's no real through line between them all yeah. I think the in certain ways 8 was more irreverent of the, I mean when uh, Ray hands over like the, 7 ends with Ray holding out Luke's uh, lightsaber to him yeah. and saying will you be my master and stuff and it begins with him picking it up and saying, eh, and yeeting it over his yeah, own just shoulder, throwing it over just his kind shoulder. of just tossing it, and that irreverence is what becomes this whole thing of like ending the institutions around the force and just embracing yeah. the force as Apparently its own. Mark power. Hamill hated doing that, by the way. Like, I would too. It like it's it's so irreverent to I say yeah. like when you're talking about well, like, at the start of this movie, like this is a, a movie forty years in the making. You're about to witness a, a, a generational story, and you think that's great, but in the last movie, you people didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this is that that's part of the fan reaction to this is we've given a fuck for 40 years on a whim you guys just say nah, fuck it and then just th- like start throwing antique lightsabers over your own shoulder yeah. at this point anakin's lightsaber is fucking excalibur whoever has that is the the leader of the new fucking order yeah and i i really th- i still think we're not done with that lightsaber i think future sagas that lightsaber is still going to be part of it well i'll I'll circle back to yeah. the future Star Wars because like how the Star Wars ends is that end scene if you imagine like going from the start of when like watch them all through in order of when they come out that end scene of Rey on the planet with BB-8 and looking at the twin sons of Tatooine if you put that at the very end of movies that start with Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, watching those same stars, or watching those same suns rise together, that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And it should have, it feels like the last trilogy really should have earned that. It should have, there's nothing saying that they really, there's something in there just stopped them, that feeling like an earned scene at the end yeah. where everything just kind of 
it wraps up nicely and everything ends. And I think it's just because we had that middle movie just random flip out of yeah. just a different director and a different idea and a different cast. I think that what was done with eight was done to make nine work, but I don't like in a similar like being that irreverent of uh the Star Wars canon up to that point, but just being irreverent of it as a franchise hurt it in the end. Yeah. I think there was just a bit too much uh disrespect to yeah. what's come before. It was I think really And that's as a non fan. Yeah. Like someone who is like I was saying I've talked about Star Wars the last hour and a half. Yeah. But I'm not that big of a fan. But like as an outsider watching it you're like if I like had a Star Wars tattoo and was obsessed with it and had all the extended universe if I'd seen this, I'd have probably had a shit fit too. Yeah, I think Ryan Johnson himself is known as the kind of master of, master of subversion in films. He likes sort of getting rid of the established norm, which is why his new film Knives Out, the Who Done It. Apparently, that film works fucking expertly well. I've heard great things about yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, when he's given his own franchise, I think that kind of works. But I think, yeah, like you said, if you're watching this as a Star Wars fan, there's so much of Episode Eight that doesn't work. Again, Kylo Ren works, the stuff with Luke Skywalker works, but there is not enough respect paid to the characters. It's weird because the plot points are kind of okay with the exception of Finn's storyline. Yeah. But Most of it works as Star Wars. Yeah, Finn and Rose's gambling planet thing. Yeah. With the goats and uh, Benicio Del Toro doing nothing. All of that can fuck off and you still have a perfectly good movie. Yeah. If you cut that bit out and just focus on Ray and Poe, you've got a good film and just have... There's no just give Finn something else to do. Yeah, there's no shame in having a character take a back step to let other characters shine because yeah. they did that in other stories. And yeah. uh, Return of the Jedi, Leia takes a heavy backseat for mm. Han and Luke because Luke is he's fighting the Emperor and Han is leading the rebels through uh, Endor. Leia takes a backseat and that's fine. She's still there. She's yeah. still uh, helping Han, but more often not, it is you know Han and Chewie and Luke that are leading the show. Mm-hmm. and having Finn do that in episode 8 I don't think would have damaged it too much but I think that there's my problems with 8 don't really centre around the like the movie itself if that makes sense the movie itself I think is fine and serviceable but there's still some points within that mm-hmm. overall I think it's a good film I, 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 if I had to put a number to it I'd give it a good solid 6.5 but six and a half for a movie nowadays is pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's things that they do in there and getting the new director and the new uh, writer doesn't help the movie in any way, shape or form. It, is it weird breaks see- the flow of the movies. It's one of those, it feels like when you uh, when you say what you said isn't wrong, but the tone you said it in. Yeah. It feels like that, but in a movie format. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it is. I can't complain about The Last Jedi because, again, as a fan of Star Wars, I never thought we were going to get anything past... You were my brother, Anakin, on Star Wars Episode 3. Mm. I thought that was it. I thought we were going to be done with Star Wars. It would just live in cartoons and rehashes on Disney Channel yeah. and what have you, or whatever games they brought out. But yeah. to see it come back to moderate success, The Force Awakens is probably the most successful. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker is going to be successful because there's enough fan service in there with Lando and Leia and uh, seeing Luke and Leia train because that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Seeing Leia have her own lightsaber and training with Luke and getting the better look at one point. Yeah, she is She is a competent, capable person and yeah. she always has been and that's what made her interesting as a character. Yeah. But, but I, I, yeah, I think we're... Is it right to say... 
I feel like I'm just glad it's over. Yeah, I think I want to let it rest for a little bit. I'm going to rewatch Rise of Skywalker when it comes out. Yeah. Because I think that would be me now owning all the Star Wars films I'm willing to own. One, two, and three can go fuck off. <laughs> I own four, five, and six. I own seven and eight. I own Rogue One and so. But I'll own. Them. I'll watch them all again once through and I'll see if the the story kind of fits through because I've got a funny feeling it'll go from four, five, and six into seven quite easily. But then from seven to eight, it's going to be a struggle. And from eight to nine, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But it will be good to come back and just view it all in the one go. But I think now at this point, can I talk about the ending? Yeah. Right. It ends how, exactly how you think it was going to end. Good wins, bad guy falls. Ray wins with the power of anime and friendship. Uh, it was a pr- I will admit it is a pretty cool scene when she's got the crossed lightsabers and she's pushing the force lightning back. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, of course, one person had to die. One of them had to die. And it was uh, Kylo Ren, now Ben Solo. Mm. His, I didn't realise this and it took me having to watch a review of it for this to be explained to me, but when Leia does her own little force projection thing, she binds her life force to Ben Solo. So when she dies, Ben dies as well. Which I thought, dick move. <laughs> dick move. Like, you're dying as well. May as well take your fucking son with you. But that really... If you take it this way, that signifies the last blood Skywalker dying. Mm-hmm. So in essence, by by Ben Solo being taken off the board, the only force being with a name right now is Ray Palpatine. Because it's said in here that uh, Ray is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. Who I mean let's let's put it in this perspective. In twenty nineteen, Emperor Palpatine had more sex than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's 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 the weird theory of that guy had to buy Who boned Emperor with Palpatine face. with... No, the, who got boned by Emperor Palpatine? Who I t- think someone walked into that room and Palpatine went to town. <laughs> who turned around and saw Emperor Palpatine unlimited power? <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it, do it. <laughs> uh, <it's>, Touch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, just, 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 just once. <laughs> it has a mouth, it can speak. <laughs> unlimited semen. <laughs> power. <laughs> it's... It's just um, fetch a medical capsule immediately. <laughs> Take the pill. The, the, the like what happens next is going to be interesting because I wasn't done talking about the ending. All oh, right, all right, right. Sorry, before I got sidetracked. So if you take it from one perspective, Emperor Palpatine has basically ensured that the only force sensitive or the only powerful force sensitive remaining is a Palpatine. So essentially, he kind of succeeded in making making Palpatine the biggest name in the Star Wars universe. But, but that wasn't his purpose. His purpose was to make the Sith the only ruling force, yeah. and Rey rejects it. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying that's hypothetical. But yeah. uh, the the flip side of that is the actual ending when Rey is talking to the woman. The woman says, "Oh, no one's been here for a while. Who are you? Uh, who are you?" And she goes, "Rey." And she goes, "Do you have a last name?" And she goes, "Skywalker." So that takes a while though for her to get to that Skywalker. Like, yeah. You still look over. Conjure the image of Luke and Leia. Yeah, Luke and Leia have to appear through the Force to But I think what would have been the better ending is if she kept her actual birth name. If she went, I'm Ray Palpatine. Then people go, oh, Palpatine. And she go, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're good now. Not that Palpatine. <laughs> and just you made the name Palpatine a positive name to the universe and actually said, no, we are not on, we are not bound to the bloodlines that we were born with. Palpatine can be a force for good, but ultimately in the story, it makes more sense for her to go, no, I'm a Jedi, I'm a Skywalker, then just shift the eye. I swear I'm a Skywalker. I'm a Skywalker. Don't ask any other Skywalker. <laughs> Shut up, force lightning. 
<laughs> Palpatine goes, kill her. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's more to do with how you, how do you want to end it? Do you want to end it with you're not defined by your name or you're not defined by your bloodline, you're defined by the family you choose along the way. Yeah, and I, I think, think that we're going for that because yeah. that's more tangible than your name doesn't define you. Yeah, I th- yeah I think it was more the sins of the sins of the past don't need to be committed again. Yeah, like you're fair enough. Your grandfather may have been the biggest evil of the Star Wars. He may universe. have been literally space Hitler. Yeah, he may have been the space uh, space Hitler is a probably pretty good way to define it. A lot of red imagery as well because all the final order stormtroopers all oh, have the, red armor. The whole thing is Nazi from like start to beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I personally would have preferred that if she's been no I I will change my name my name is Palpatine but I'm going to make that force for good I'm going to change what cool. Palpatine means yeah. in the universe but the only way it could have ended that people wouldn't the only way it could have ended would be for her to say no I'm a Skywalker I think I've earned the name Skywalker because ultimately yeah. the Skywalkers didn't really there was Anakin's mother but that was it. She's the only real proper Skywalker because Anakin was made through some weird force magic. Well, if you look at the whole, like, the, the lens of the whole, it's all about religious ideologies and stuff. Luke Skywalker gives up on the Jedi Order. He becomes his own thing. He remembers what the Jedi were, but he has changed his way of looking at the Force to less to do with the Jedi like way of teaching things and more to his more naturalized view of the, the Force. Yeah. And then it changes the idea of what, you know, what Star Wars has done over time is changed the idea of the Skywalkers as a family to an idea. Yeah. And she is now embodying that idea in naming herself a Skywalker. Yeah, it's, it's it's more of a... It makes the name Skywalker less of a name and more of a title. Yeah. Like she is a Skywalker. Yeah, I feel like if, if there is a future for the Star Wars universe, it would not surprise me if they time skip forward and the Skywalkers are now an ideology. They're now a, yeah. a, a religious group. They're now an idea an ideal yeah, to strive towards the jedi are still there but instead of jedi masters you are now a skywalker i think the jedi are gone i think that i really well, hope- something along the jedi yeah. it's just like you are force sensitive you have now achieved the rank of skywalker mm-hmm. so i think that because like you said becomes an idea ideology something to strive towards mm-hmm. i think because ray still has all the jedi books that she got an eight because she t- no they burn them no she has them oh if you watch an episode eight, yeah if you watch an episode eight she has looks journals and all the books and shit from his hut well, she has Luke's journals, but Yoda burns the... Ghost Yoda burns the, the tree. Yeah, she, he burns the tree, but she gets the books. Because it shows you in episode 8 that she has all the books. Oh, right. Because you I see that. the books... Like, even, there's a yellow book with something on the side. You see that in her... I, th- I know she's looking through box. some books of notes from yeah. uh, Luke during the days, but I don't... She says it's his journal. Yeah. She d- it's not like the, the sacred texts. I'll, I'll need to rewatch episode 8, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure you can this. see that she has all the Jedi texts and stuff. I'm pretty sure they're gone. I don't know why. But if they I, are gone, that's that's probably the better way to do it. But if, I if not, Yoda just burned a tree for no fucking reason. <laughs> the fact that Yoda can call lightning just as a force ghost, blinking. Yeah, he just goes. Right, it, then again, Yoda is meant to be ridiculously strong. That's why Palpatine was terrified of fighting him in the other movies. The uh, the force ghost of Yoda might be one of the ugliest things I've seen in Star Wars. Yeah, because he's the puppet, not CGI. No, that looks more CGI. No, it's a puppet because CGI. No. One of the worst things about, or one of the things that people complain about in the prequels, myself included, is the, the horrible CGI, <laughs> CGI Yoda. Because it looks horrible. Like, it looks like CGI. It doesn't look like a puppet. I, I thought it was a puppet. Right. Let's find but it. Then again, if it is a puppet, I think it looks pretty cool. Because I've always preferred puppet Yoda. The more Jim Henson we can get in a movie, the better. I, I feel like um, it was, it, it might just be that they've used a the puppet and they've had to put so many CGI filters on it. 
Yeah, the, I think what it is is they they made the puppet, and then they've had to put the lighting filter on it to make it look like a force ghost. I'm pretty sure at one point the uh, the effect ends, and you just see a bit of a green ear poking out. Yeah, there's something about like the number of times it twitches its ear as well. Like it it, it moves too much. And hmm. a certain Could way. just be a really good animatronic. Yeah. Uh, the last time I used a puppet for Yoda. Yes. Okay. So it, it was wasn't. the same with a uh, Babu Frick. Babu Frick was a kind of funny. Like it gets kind of annoying, and it gets funny again. <laughs> It's the part when he just kind of goes, yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah, when he appears in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, Babu, Babu. You're like, hey, Babu. <laughs> that was a, it was a famous Scottish actress that did her voice. Really? It was a, I think she played Morning Myrtle in a oh, Harry right. Potter films. Okay. That was her. Interesting. But that now leads, I guess, towards the end and the question of what happens next um, with Star Wars. I mean, as I said, with the, 2019 best of thing I, I don't like the fact that Star Wars has been so centred around Skywalker for so yeah. long when the universe is interesting I'm very interested in seeing what happens outside of that and why I really should have watched more of the solo stuff or the the spin-off movies mm. and uh, but the solo the, the spin-off movies are very very much self-contained because Rogue One you yeah. know how that's going to end yeah Solo you know how that's going to end it's yeah. weird you know how Rogue One's going to end but the first time uh, you watch it you do not see that ending coming <laughs> The Vader appearance. <laughs> oh, dude, that was so fucking sick. That's genuinely the coolest Star Wars moment. Because I think it was you that said it way back in uh, the first couple of run, couple of episodes of Jibber Push. You've seen him fight an old man. Yeah. You've seen him fight a very young and unexperienced Jedi. And you've seen him pick up and throw an old man. You've never really seen Vader throw down. We've never seen Vader unleashed. To see him just fucking batting motherfuckers aside, throwing people off uh, up against the the ceiling of the the ship. It's like watching it's a fucking cool. It's like watching a great white shark on PCP. Yeah, <laughs> like, you just can't fucking stop this thing, and it's gonna kill you. Deal with it. Because I, I remember watching Rogue One in the cinema with my dad, and I audibly just went, "That is cool as fuck." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it yeah, I I just. I feel like the, the universe is a lot more interesting. I'm going to watch yeah. The Mandalorian when it comes out. Oh, I do remember seeing some of it. Uh, Disney Plus coming to UK in yeah. March. I don't know if I'm willing to shell out for it, though. That's the problem. I'm going to get the free month. Binge The Mandalorian then. I think that's most people's plans. And it probably is going to be my the thing. Plan. I'm not paying £15 a fucking month for Disney Plus. I'm yeah. already paying that for other streaming services. Yeah. I can get Netflix and Funimation for that. I'm, I'm happy there. For that, I can get Amazon Prime, Netflix, Spotify, and have change. Yeah. <laughs> student discounts mate <laughs> not even student discounts huh. the only thing I got a student discount there was Amazon Prime I pay a tenner a month for uh, Spotify and I pay four ninety nine, a three ninety nine for Prime ah right um, but yeah I just I've always wanted to see more of that universe I do wish it would go away from the, the Skywalkers um, and I think the Mandalorian kind of will set the Mandalorian the, the solo stuff should really set the, the, the tone for the next couple of years mm. if they're going to come back to this uh, in within the decade, I really think they need to work on something new. Yeah, I think they need to they need to do a complete right. Skywalkers are done. Let Ray literally be the last Skywalker. Yeah, how far? Because obviously everyone in Star Wars is, has kids. At some point, Ray will fucking sprogulate. She yeah. fire at a couple of babies, and they will probably grow up to be force sensitive. And then even in Episode Eight, there were some kids that were force. Uh, using the force to send brooms to their hands and stuff mm. on the casino planet so there's other force sensitive people out there and I think that's probably going to be Ray's mission that you'll see and the uh, behind the scenes Ray's probably going to go and find more force, more force sensitives and train them in the ways of the force but in balance yeah 
And I think now with the Sith and Jedi being dead, Ray's new thing's always going to be about balancing the force. And I think you're going to see something akin to Jedi with lightsabers, but they're going to be more of a peacekeeping, non uh, peacekeeping neutral type of force instead of we are good, we are bad. No, we're going to be neutral. We're not going to get involved in any wars. We've seen how that goes. Mm. We will not stray towards evil. We will not stray towards good. We will stay on this one center path. It'll be Robin Hood style. We will protect the innocent. Yeah. We're here for the the people of the the galaxy as opposed to political or personal gain. They're basically just going to be space witchers. They're going to fight the monsters, fight the bad guys. If you want to throw them a coin, thank you very much. If you want to toss a coin to your witcher, you feel free. It's a banging song. (laughs) So, I think that's it. Yeah. Like Star Wars, that's just it. Like like Star Wars, it is going to finish. We will come back eventually, but it won't take 10 years to come back. We'll be back soon. Back soon, uh, with another episode of the Jeffrey Fish Podcast. Until then, I've been Colin Graham. I've been Dom Anderson. And we've been talking gibberish about Star Wars. Touch my fingers. Do it. <laughs> <laughs>